0: Sheen with, with the new gig, Hooligan? Not yet. Get off Not that Chromebook, yet. man.
1: In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello, Dog fans, and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast, because everything matters. I'm your host, Hooligan7, and I'm joined this evening for our podcast on all things recruiting by JCap, cap F-Mac, Johnny Tugs, DJ K. Woody, Dog Process, and our special guest from RealDog.com, Roman Tomashov. How's everybody doing tonight?
2: Go dog. So good.
1: Oh, yeah, great. Starting with doing our dog. usual seg- usual, uh, usual, quick comment, uh, and, and before we dig into all things on uh, recruiting, J. Cap, beverage of choice for the evening.
3: I am uh, sipping on some Kirkland, uh, American vodka. Nice,
1: nice. DJ Solid how
4: about you? Solid choice, Jacob. I got some uh, Mac and Jacks.
3: Nice.
1: Redmond's finest. Yes, sir. All right, DP. Favorite, favorite, uh, favorite moment of every episode. Non-alcoholic beverage choice.
5: Yeah, here we go. Um, so this week. Uh, I was I was kind of laid out last week, so I didn't get a chance to go to the store. But I still had the uh, the Minute Maid fruit punch with me here. Um, I don't know how conventional it is. I think it's uh, grape juice, pineapple juice, apple juice, and pear juice, which I don't know is a thing. Uh, I will say the fruit the fruit flavor definitely comes through. I have I have no issues with that. I think it, there, there's a lot there's a lot of fruit element. Unfortunately, this, this uh, definitely lacks the punch uh, side side of the aspect. Um, it tastes almost like you, you ever get the, those blended smoothies with ice, let it sit a little bit too long, gets kind of watery. I would say that's what it tastes like. Like you can tell the fruits there. It's just kind of missing, missing the kick that you want out of a fruit punch. Uh, I would say this is probably an average drink, so I'm going to have to give it just a solid DP five out of 10. All right. All right.
4: Not living up to its name. All right. Tugs, how about you?
2: Uh, I was going to come in with uh, margaritas, but I switched it up because I got lazy, and so I'm just drinking some uh, old uh, uh whiskey there. That's it.
1: Nice. We'll kick it over to our uh, special guest, Roman. How about you?
6: Uh, I'm sipping on a nice uh, Neon Neon Rainbows. Day. This is it's like a New England-style IPA, and I'm very much enjoying it.
1: Nice. F-Mac.
0: I'm going back to the well, the Kentucky Mule.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah. I I, uh, I went local this evening and I'm uh, working on a Volition Brewing uh Hail Bop uh dry lager. Quite nice. Shout out to to my local brewery here. Volition Brewing, if you ever were in the North Bend area, pay him a visit. You won't regret it. Alright. Chip. <laughs> <laughs> Before we dive into the, the 22 and 23 recruiting classes and, and a celebration of our uh, of our most recent portal addition uh, to the the Buck Room, I uh, do want to call out uh, in our, what we're calling our skeleton segment, uh, another one uh, and a repeat offender from, from last week, uh, and I got a shout out, Scott Eklund from Dogman, who, who made a comment this week that uh, in, an, in a situation with with Connerly, Ayuli, Iowane, and Nabu committed that we wouldn't take 5-0-L in this class If even if Agbo wanted to jump in the boat. Congrats, Scott. You're cluel- clueless again. Agbo is a take no matter what. You either drop someone in the class or you encourage somebody that is not producing, is not providing any value on the field to sell the couch. All right. So, anybody else have any rants or raves, or or uh, well, rants about things that need to get fixed in in the world of Husky athletics or Husky Twitter? <laughs> All right. Moving on. Some celebration. We were originally planning on talking about this last week, and uh, timing just didn't line up. But uh, wanted to, to briefly, you know, dive in and, and talk about uh, our most recent uh, transfer from Texas A and M. Uh, we didn't get him the first time around, but Jeremiah Martin is a Husky, and some way. And I think DP has said something about this. They listen to us. They're using the portal. We've got two, two in the portal in one year, which is twice as many as we've had in. <laughs> it took to this point at outside three. the quarterback. We got position. three,
3: yeah, because yeah. we got o'brien Yeah,
5: two non-quarterbacks though,
4: which is yeah, huge. yeah, that's, progress. That's crazy.
3: Two since we started potting, so. Mm. GP's right. We definitely get their their influence.
4: What up, Jimmy Lake?
1: Are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> anybody want to? Anybody uh, feel free to take the floor about what you see looking at Jeremiah. I know I certainly have some thoughts, but but uh, I don't want to hog the, the airwaves.
6: Here, I'll I'll go for it. Uh, I just I wanted to say that I I like I really. And one thing that I noticed is that he just. So it's not necessarily that he fell behind Texas A and M. But as any top tier program is going to do, they're going to keep bringing in guys in that room. And so it's it's something that um, I had seen a couple of times is that he never really got used to a college weight room when he was in high school. So that's something that he had to spend a little bit of extra time learning. And then one thing that really, it doesn't never look like he developed was a series of elite pass rush moves. It always seemed like he just sort of relied on natural athleticism in high school, which is something you can do. And especially when you're going to the SEC, that's not always going to play for you very well. So I think that Texas A&M just sort of, instead of working with one of their top recruits, just sort of left him out to dry. And I think he he did the right thing entering the portal. And I think Washington's going to be a great place for him.
1: Yeah. I think with, uh, I, I think Akaika has definitely proven that he can develop talent. He's got experience at the outside linebacker position. I think it's a great fit for him. I think the great... The thing I'm excited about as a Husky fan is the depth that we are now going to be able to roll out and keeping guys fresh, not only in the interior D line, but at the buck position when you've got a rotation next year that's going to look like, that's going to have some combination of ZTF, Bowman, Savvy, Martin. Um, you're probably, I would expect that you'll start to see Trice in the mix. I'm probably missing somebody DP. Oh.
5: Yeah, what this, this is just. Yeah, I, I was going to say a lot, too. Uh, this is just further evidence that the coaches are listening to the podcast. So what's up, Jimmy? Thank you for listening. Uh, because this is another great example of bolstering a position as opposed to using the portal to save our ass. Uh, because like who we just touched on, we already have talent, the outside linebacker uh, position, the buck spot. Um, and bringing in Martin, who's obviously, like Roman touched on, is really physically talented, but maybe hasn't developed all the way at a program that's not as good as developing talent we are. Um, I think it's definitely a move that's going to pay dividends, whether it's this year, next year, two years down the road, because I think he still has that much eligibility left. Um, So I'm I'm a big fan of this move. Um, I I liked him in high school. I was pretty bummed uh, when we missed out on him. Uh, So it's pretty nice to get him in the fold.
4: Yeah, and going off that, I agree with all those points. All those points, I love his athleticism and his size 6'5", I don't know what exact way, but 260 or something around that. Right. But oh, yeah, that that's great. And this needs to learn some technique. And the thing is, as you guys mentioned, we're already pretty stacked at that position. So we don't need to rely on him this next year to come in and contribute right away. If he does, that's awesome. And if he doesn't. All right. We have other guys there. And so, yeah, I I think it's a great move. You bolster that the that DN or outside linebackers, like you said, DP. And, yeah, just stack it with talent. And so, yeah, I'm excited for him.
1: Yeah. And I think also a related shout out um, and, and doing it the right way. I, I got to shout out Keith Bonafall on this one because he kept the relationship going. Martin mentioned it in one of the articles that I saw about that KB had had done, you know, had that he appreciated how he was recruited the first time around. And that when Martin got back into the portal, that, that KB had been real active and talking to him and, and felt real comfortable. Anybody else have anything to say or thoughts on Martin? Hearing none, let's move on to 2022. Um, To start off the discussion, I know, DJ, you had done some work to talk about kind of who might be leaving the program to look at a a potential, you know, numbers, how many guys we're going to be looking at for this class. And I know, Roman, you might have some insight on this one, too. So, uh, DJ, go ahead and take it away.
4: Yeah, look at the numbers. So. Obviously, there's a lot of guys out there for 2022 that Husky fans and the team wants. Yeah, yeah, but the numbers are looking kind of tight for next year. So uh, I'm just going to go through the numbers a little bit first, uh, like Cooligan said, and then let you guys kind of talk about the class more. And I mean, I'll chime in a little bit. But, yeah, and I was going through the UW website and other sites to try to figure out how many scholarships we have. Well, how many players do we have on Scully right now? And I counted 88, and then plus the two transfers, which put us at 90, which is obviously 85 is the limit. But so that's. But then we have McGrew, Pleasant, Kirkland, Wattenberg, and Bowman, who are like add-ons for this year because of the COVID. And so, I don't know. I could have the numbers wrong, but I haven't asked that 85 exactly. Roman, I don't know if you got something different or if anyone else knows anything different. And – of those guys on GoHuskies.com, we have 13 listed as seniors, and so you know, take away 13 minus uh, 90 from take away 13 from 90, got we got 77. So eight spots for sure next year. And on honestly, with COVID, a couple of those guys can come back. They're seniors. Uh, at DB, we have one senior, Cook, and. D line, we're young. The shit. There, we got, we have no no seniors. Linebacker, no seniors. O line, we technically have four. We got Bane, Luciano, Waddy, Kirkland. But Bane and Luciano can come back uh, with an extra year if they wanted to. Uh, outside linebacker, we got Bowman as a senior. QB, O'Brien. Running back, McGrew and Pleasant. They have to leave no matter what. Titan Otten, he's he's gonna be gone. Happy he came back actually. Wide receiver, that have Go says Bynum listed as a senior. I thought he was a junior. And then a couple specialists, Porter and Henry. I'm assuming they're both on Scully. And so yeah, they're at least thirteen. And numbers are tight. And obviously a couple guys probably leave early due to the draft and we'll see a couple transfers. There might even be one or two more transfers. Before the next year happens, so, yeah, the they're gonna have to work with the numbers and make sure we get the right guys because it's, it's gonna be tight. And I don't know a, a number. I think uh, Roman has said that it could be 15 to 17. to looking for a class, which is pretty small. But yeah, even then, that's they're gonna have to rely on some people leaving early and transferring. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can get what we need. What we want to get and get those in-state guys. Cause yeah, there's a lot out there for us,
1: Roman. And then tugs.
6: So one quick correction, uh, DJ right there, uh, Kirkland is not using that, uh, COVID now. If he came back again for 2022, he would be using that COVID year. Cause oh, okay. remember he was a, um, he was a redshirt freshman when he started in 2018. You're right. So he's still got two years, two years left on that one. Yeah. So from what I've expected, from what I, I've, everything that I've been looking at, everything I've been hearing, uh, I would expect this class to be anywhere between 15 and 18 guys. It's not going to be terribly big um, just because the extra COVID stuff. Um, Because everything – so for all the guys that are coming back, whether it be Pleasant, McGrew, uh, Bowman, all those guys, they just get, like, added on at the end. Those aren't going to count against the 85-man limit. I remember uh, Jimmy Lake said it in one of his uh, weekly interviews on KJR. That one of his, uh, the way that it's going to work is like, for example, if 10 guys came back, it would be 85 plus 10 as the, uh, the limit for the next year. If it's was four, 85 plus four, and whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, from, from what I do know, obviously you'd expect them to take someone at every position, but between 15 and 18 guys, obviously there's going to be some attrition. And while I can't speak to a lot of specifics of who they might be zeroing in on at the moment, um i we can get into some of your prospect reviews as as it goes along
1: cool yeah no we we really appreciate that go ahead tugs
2: so during the cp era didn't we just normally take like 18 guys a class anyway wasn't that normally the average 18 something like that
3: between like 18 and 20 i was looking at the the history just kind of looking at Like We all made our our little ideal classes, and I was just kind of comparing mine to what they've done over the last five years or so, and it looked like it was somewhere between 18 to 20 most of the time.
1: Yeah, I think the two biggest classes were were the the 19 and 20 classes, where by my count, there are 22 guys in each of those classes, or at least there's 22 guys in those classes that are currently on the roster. all right let's dig into it uh, and we'll start uh we'll start on offense and an under center or or behind center uh, in the modern era of college football if we're still in that if, if that still is uh an appropriate term uh at the qb position uh, anybody of, of the guys that we've offered have have one their particular that they particularly like and would like to talk about tugs fire away
2: uh I was watching some uh, film on uh, Drew Aller and six five two ten. Yeah, he looks he looks good to me to come come and uh, come in and uh, and uh, red shirt. Yeah, he's got a great arm. He can move around. Um, yeah, he looked uh, thrown on the thrown on the run, changing his arm angle. Yeah, he look, he looks good. I like him. Huge yeah, that fan. was
1: definitely something that that stood out to me as well was the improbability. Um, I think there, if certainly not from a size standpoint, but but in terms of that aspect and to be able to create on the move and make throws on the move, uh, I I saw a lot of that out of what we saw from Dylan this year, uh, and then at an athlete at at our size at six five, and I was I was actually really impressed not only by his agility but also his straight line speed and so of the offers that we've got out right now. Um, I certainly, uh, would put myself in the Aller camp of who I hope we would, we land, uh, at under center. Um, and, and I, I, I see this as a potential dividend of, of, with John Don's experience in the Midwest and the kind of the upper mid East, uh, DJ and then FMAC.
4: Yeah. I mean, if we're being honest, I wanted Malik Murphy, but obviously knew there was little chance of that happening, but Yeah uh as tug said i was excited well when i first saw the offer to alar is that how you pronounce his name uh yeah when i first saw that i was like okay it's a They says on at least 24 7 it says pro style uh, qb and from ohio i was like well i thought we wanted more of a mobile qb in ohio i thought that was kind of weird but after looking at him yeah other than the things tugs already said yeah i was impressed with that he can move more than I thought he might be not, he might, may not be like a running quarterback. And honestly, that's probably, they probably don't want like a, I don't want to say Lamar Jackson. Everyone wants a Lamar Jackson, but like a quarterback, that's just like running all the time, but they just want, I'm assuming a quarterback that can run when needed and be elusive and get away from pressure. And it seems like he has that capability. So yeah, I'll, I'll be on the same page with tugs there.
1: Dude, he looks huge. Yeah. He's a big kid. He's a big kid. Like, I don't think in this offense, I don't think we're ever going to see, like, they them targeting the second coming of Jake Locker or Isaiah. Stand back from a running quarterback standpoint. But the ability to, you know, to create plays with the feet, you know, pick up some, you know, pick up some yards when needed. F-Mac, I know you had something to say. Fire away, man.
0: Yeah, sure. So my, my profile on him is, you know, uh, you guys all said it. He's got an absolute hose for an arm. He's got, like, a short, compact delivery. Uh, I think someone brought up the arm angles, which is great to see. He just kind of flicks it. Um, And he is kind of sneaky athletic. He's definitely not like a Jacob Eason statue at 6'5", 210. Like, he can move a little bit. Watching his film, they have some design runs for him. The thing that was a little bit odd for me is looking at his film, like, I watched, like, the seven minutes of film. I only saw him under center one time. He's in shotgun the rest of the time. And the shotgun is, like six to eight yards like jake browning punt formation like shotgun like he's deep um and they just want him to sling it he's in like four and five wide receiver like sets i didn't also i didn't see a single pass to a tight end in the in his entire highlight film so i was kind of i was impressed with the physical traits but looking at it i was like man this doesn't sound like a a john don offense type of guy um I, i mean i i think he He definitely gives me like some, you know, Mason Rudolph vibes. So Oklahoma State, like tall dude who can move a little bit. I love the physical tools. I think for me, the bottom line is, hey, we're not going to land like top five, five star QBs in back to back classes. But I think this kid is a take. I love him. I think he can add to our room and and we can develop him. we can help him get under center and learn the offense. So I'm excited. I, I, I like Drew. Uh, I thought that the fit might be a little bit funny looking at the offense that he runs in high school, but that that's not always a you know a, a, an indicator he's got the physical traits yeah Roman fireway man
6: so that was that, not- that was one thing that I was gonna say is that i I hate saying all right, like looking at an offense that this kid runs in high school that that's how it's gonna be in college because that could be you know just a reflection of what might be going on on their offensive line or just the talent that he has that the kid has around him um I watching Alar is one of the, the most fun things I've had to do in this cycle. I got a chance to talk to him a couple of weeks ago. Um, we talked a little bit about his and how he used to play shortstop and so, yeah, DP, yep, we're, we're, we're there. Um, so, with um, one thing that like stood out to me, I would never want to compare anyone to Patrick Mahomes because, you know, that's just like, that's a talent level that's not necessarily there. But, I can see it in the way that he moves and throws on the run. It's a little bit of a mixture of that with Matthew Stafford, from the way that he's able to to just throw successfully from multiple angles, which, uh, as he as he told me, came from his a little bit of his background as a shortstop. So and the, I feel like that's something that is something that um, any college coach is gonna want to look for in a modern quarterback, is that ability to improvise and play on the run because he is sneaky, speedy from what from what you're able to see on the film. But at the same time, he's the kind of guy who I really think is going to be a – not where Josh Allen, they're designing all these run plays for him nowadays, but he's going to be able to sit back there and make all the throws with the, the arm talent that he does have. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's the uh, the one quarterback taking this class.
5: DP, jump in, man. So I, I think you guys touched on a lot of good stuff, and I, I think FMAC kind of alluded to this a little bit. But I think the way I look at it is if you're looking at the kind of quarterback we're going to take this class with Demo and Sam already in the fold, like it, it's going to be pretty difficult to pull um, a guy who's trying to come in and play right away. But if you're going to take a guy who's going to develop, it, it should be a guy like Alar. I think uh, F Mack and Roman, you guys touched on a lot of his physical stuff. You watch his film, his arm just jumps off the screen at you like it's pretty impressive what he can do it, it, it's tough to compare a high school kid to, to stafford and mahomes <laughs> that's a that's a pretty big thing to live up to but there there is a lot of arm talent and i can see where you're coming from roman um so yeah a, a, as a guy who's going to come in and and develop and maybe get a shot to play uh as as an upperclassman depending on how things work out with uh with with demo and sam i think this is about as good a take as you're going to get and a big shout-out to, uh, I'm assuming, John Don on the talent evaluation here because I, I think it's a pretty good shout.
2: Yeah, the reason why he's not thrown to uh, tight ends is because he doesn't have Kate Auten, and he's not at TEU there.
1: Kala, I mean, like, he will have options that can get open. Um, I – Yeah. We, I love that room right now at, at UW. I unabashedly, I think our tight end room is, and there's and I will say this across a number of our, our rooms that no beefs at all. Um, anybody else have anything to say at the quarterback against offers? I, I certainly think the only other thing that I would say is um, I think the and I continue to be surprised by the fact that he's a composite, um, basically perfect score uh, is current Ohio state commit Quinn Ewers? I don't see it. So I don't see it at all. Um, but if anybody does, they can correct me. fmac Mac fireway.
0: Yeah. I like, I like another kid from Texas better. I like the Cade, uh, Klubnick kid, man, super athletic. Um, you know, he's got like the pocket presence and the touch. Like I, I love that kid. We're, we're early on him. Uh, we're definitely not going to get him. Um, But other than like, you know, Malik and Ewers, he's the only guy that's not committed right now. I love I love Cade, but I I just I don't see it like he's the offers are starting to come in. And I don't don't think it's going to happen. Right. Especially, you know, it's hard to convince someone to come into when you're coming in behind like the number one pro style QB, you know, from 2021. Like I said, you're just not going to sign back to back dudes like that. So, again, I I, and I love I love Drew Aller. I think he's a great take for sure. I, I think we take him.
4: Yeah, well, uh, we need to take we need to take a QB this class though, right? I mean, because we don't only have two. Is, is there any well, other options out there that we know of? No, not really. Yeah, the of thing this? about it,
0: the thing, and we talked about this before, DJ. Like the the transfer portal has totally changed the QB
4: position of college
0: football, right? So yeah. that's always that that's a well we're always going to be able to go back to. At least I think so um okay that's true yeah you know not to say that we shouldn't take drew but i i do think that hey there's always going to be guys like that that are like in the portal that we can just say hey come in and compete you know you're productive in the mountain west or wherever like come in and compete for a job right
4: yeah so it's not like oh if we don't get him or other offer out there that we don't have to fall back on a guy who's going to commit to Portland State or something. We can just take someone from the transfer portal. Yeah, I, I don't think we take point.
0: someone just to just to fill just to fill up the room, right? If yeah. it's like you know between him or or filling out another position, you know, I'd be I'd be okay if they if they you know filled out you know DB or D line or you know, hey Malik Agbo, right? <laughs> we want to yeah. take five O linemen because uh, we can. Then I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, I agree. All right, we'll, we'll move ahead uh, to. Uh, potentially Drew Allers' uh, compatriots in the backfield uh, and start talking about RBs. I know, DP, that, uh, that you had one that you wanted to talk about, so fire away.
5: Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think everyone is probably going to be on the same page with this one. I think it's a guy who I think everyone knows is underrated. You watch his film, just kind of jumps out at you. And I'm totally going to do this pronunciation. Uh, shout out to my guy, uh, Juvensky Schlenbaker. Did I got that one right? I think I got that. Um, yeah, the is obviously uh, a you know, big-time talent. I think it's pretty ridiculous. He's a three-star. You watch his film. Uh, it looks like you're watching a guy who can get a lot of stuff done at the running back position. One thing that kind of surprises you is there aren't a ton of running backs who have that level of just breakaway speed. And there's a play where I, it's three or four plays to do his huddle, I think, he just kind of gets through the line, picks his hole, and then 10 yards later, he's five yards in front of everybody, just zipping downfield. He keeps gaining all the way down. There are a lot of – I think, FMAC, obviously you played football. You can touch on this. There's a difference between quick and fast. There's quick over a short distance, and there's fast over a long distance. There aren't a lot of running backs who can be quick through a hole and still have that elite straight line speed over a long distance. So to see a guy who could get through the line like that and then break away the way that he did, and obviously it's high school as opposed to college, but that speed is impressive. Uh, he's bouncing off tacklers. He's pretty agile. It looks to me like he's got good vision. Uh, so I, I think he's a stud, and I, I think he's an absolute guy we got to take.
3: Yeah, I think uh, with Juvensky it's, it's also something where you have to think about the level of talent that he's competing against uh, up there in Bellingham. I mean, I watched his film back-to-back with the Mecca, Megua, and then down in Texas versus playing in Bellingham, it, it's just two different levels of, of competition. Um, but you're right, I mean, it's something that you see Juvensky hit that hole and then just pull away from everybody, as he should. I mean, it's like when you're watching the draft and you watch a guy from a small school, he should be wrecking everybody at a lesser level of, of competition, which you see exactly that. Uh, and I also liked him on the little bit of, of defense that they he put in his huddle. Um, he's just super fast, super quick over the short distance and and the long distance, like you said, um, playing up there at the line of scrimmage. So. Uh, yeah, I like him a lot. He's definitely part of my, my ideal class, for sure.
6: I I personally, I got to say that I, I really love watching his film, and I think he might be just the most underrated player in the country. Yeah, playing up in Bellingham, it definitely isn't going to get you a lot of national exposure. Shout out to Taylor Rapp. But um, one, one thing that, like, watching him versus watching all the other running backs that have been offered, it's really so... I, I got to say, I believe that there's only going to be one running back taken in this class, and I it's probably going to be him. For I, I feel like he might be the top choice because he's local, and that's just someone that you can continue to just build this fence in the state of keeping a guy like that home, and then he can be a true three-down guy at the next level. He can uh, If he can continue to um, develop as a pass catcher, and he's big enough to be – awesome pass protector as well that if you can continue to develop a guy like that with who you already have in the room, it's like, it's not that it's that I'm, it's not that I'm saying like if Gavin Sawchuk said, Hey, I want to go to Washington. They're going to say, no, don't, we, we don't really care. But it's one of those things where with the guys you have in the room, like for example, Cam Davis, you got Sam Adams, uh, Caleb Barry coming in. I'm very, very high on him. Uh, and with guys like that, that are already in the room. I, I just don't think it's necessary to say we, uh, we get Gavin Sawchuk when the coaching staff could say, all right, there's this guy that not everyone's looking at up in Bellingham, and that could be a much better take for the program in this moment than a guy like that.
1: Yeah, F-Mac.
0: Yeah, so I, I, I mean – I'll try not to repeat too much. I what I saw was I saw I saw good, not great, acceleration. I saw really great top end speed once he gets the edge and once he gets into space. It you know, I always look for running backs and if they get caught from behind after they break out, if they have the angles. I didn't see that with him. He never gets caught from behind once he gets once he gets into open space. I did see a little bit of like um, small ball competition where he's so much better than everybody else that like at the line of scrimmage and second level, he kind of has a tendency to dance laterally and kind of, you know, he won't get away with that in college. He's going to get a helmet in the back. He gets away with it because of the competition, but that's a super coachable thing. Like that's something that he can, he can get coached out of pretty quickly. Um, and again, I had to remind myself, I was watching a sophomore film. I mean, the dude looks like a fucking man. Um, and you know he he he. The only the only other thing too is I only saw. Again, we're talking highlights here. I'm not watching. You know, like twenty twos, uh, but I only saw a couple of catches out of the backfield. It looked natural to me, but that's not a lot to go on. Um, the comp that I came up and this is kind of old school Washington football was Lewis Rankin, uh, kind of that six one two oh five to two ten. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's big, but he's not like a, he's not like a a really shifty type guy. He's more of like a cut and go and get into open space. I really, I really like him. I think he's probably our take. If I had to, if I had to talk Gavin Sachuk, I honestly, I wasn't, I wasn't super blown away by his film. I love the scheme that they run. I see him into second and third level without being touched a lot. I think he saw Chuck, he, he runs tough for his size at the kind of 5'11", 175. Uh, the guy that if I would really wanted to cherry pick and, and pick the guy that I wanted, I would go with Javante Barnes. That guy was in that film is insane. If I if I had to pick between any anybody that I, anybody that I would want, it would be Javante Barnes. But I think yeah. I, I think I, I, I think Schellenbacher, like I, I think he's a great take. Um and I agree with everyone else. I think it's probably a, a one a one running back take uh, next year.
1: Yeah, I I really liked Jyvetsky's film as well and, and I loved a lot of what um, I you know, again, we're working off a sophomore film because we didn't have a season this past fall here in Washington. Hopefully we get at least a partial one. I certainly saw some you know, good speed and balance. I saw some leg driving ability to fight through contact, and particularly as he grows into his body and with his size. Um, I definitely also wanted to call out kind of one, a couple of the, you know, one moment on his tape that I really liked is uh, he threw a pretty hellacious block at the, right around right the six minute mark of his highlight tape. And, and uh, my player comp on him um, was slightly, slightly later than Lewis Rankin. Um, I actually see some Chris Polk in his game. I see him as a little bit of a bigger Chris Polk with some of that one cut and go and with that size and certainly with a, you know, a couple of years in our weight room under, you know, with coach Saha, um, you know, I, I would anticipate with his frame, the ability to fight through contact. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about some of the other options. I think we're fairly unanimous that we all like Juvensky um, oh, I got,
4: or, I got one thing. Yeah, go uh, just one question. Roman, if, if you can answer, if you can't, it's fine. If, uh, Gavin and Javinsky both want to come to UW, only can take one. Who, in your opinion, would UW take?
6: I, you know, that's actually a really tough question because, as much as I would like to see both, I have a feeling that because is going to, recruitment will probably come to an end before Sawchecks, that um, Schlundbacher would probably be the take. Okay. Interesting. All
0: right. But this year too, right? Like we, we were on Cardwell, we were on Barry, Barry wanted to make the move. And so then we were done. Right.
6: I speak to a lot of that just because I, I didn't have some of the same contacts that I do now, but Barry is from uh, speaking to Barry for a second, just because I, I just, I really can't get over how excited I am about him. He, to me, he's still growing at six to 215 whatever he might be right now. So if he can get up to that 230 235 range, he could and this is this is a wild player comp, but he could honestly end up being like a Todd Gurley. Because he's got that same that same size, that same everything and he just he's that powerful, that fast, that quick and he just he really does excite me.
1: Yeah, I I think Caleb's I'm I got no I got no beefs there and I think with I think the thing for, for me with running back, like I was for a long time in the take two, you know, you look at, to talk, touch on what Roman, you and DJ were talking about with um, with the class size. Like if we were, you know, looking at another, you know, 19 or 20 class where we could, where we had some extra play and I, I'd i be advocating us for for us to take a second back. Uh, I think there's a bunch of talent. I loved Javante Barnes' film, um, The Kid in Texas. And, and, and again, I'll, uh, another shout out for Keith Bonaparte who said that, who identified uh, Washington as one of the schools recruiting the the heart, him the hardest, Emeka Megua, whose film I just, I can't say it. Like, there's there's a number of films this year where I'm just like, oh, my God, like, if we can get one of these guys, um, have, and let alone two of them. Um, I saw actually, in, in talking about Megua, I saw actually a lot of really old school. I saw a lot of Thurman Thomas um, in, in his game. I uh, didn't necessarily see the the catch-out of the backfield, um, I didn't get to, to watch all of his tape, but just that speed and the, the kind of the, the size and the frame, um, almost prototypical there. But I know FMAC, uh, if you want to talk about Javante, just in case that uh, something goes crazy. <laughs> I
0: don't think but, he's – yeah, I, I don't think there's a chance in hell. I lo- I love Javante, though. He's got offers. I was looking at just for about every single school in the SEC. I mean, I watch – so my – when I watch film, I watch – um uh Schellenbacher I think that I don't know if that's how to say I watched Sawchuck and then I watched Barnes and man it was like I'm not gonna say it was like you know watching Kamara Wheaton or anything like that but like the acceleration the suddenness smooth he hits the line of scrimmage so fucking hard he puts his head down he's decisive um and of the three he was the only one to put pass blocking highlights in his film which I just thought was savage and it was awesome. Like he's just I mean the guy's a the guy's a football player and he's six foot, hundred and ninety pounds, and he looks I mean he's just like I mean he's fast. Super fast.
2: Um, going back to Mecca uh, Megway Yeah, dude I he remind yeah, he's uh he's a beast. And he was picking up Picking up blocks, catching out of the backfield, breakaway, man. I, I, I would love to land a second running back out of Texas. That would be,
1: that'd be classic. Well, it would be three. Because it, it would be then Sunday, Barry. Sunday Barry. Yeah. yeah. That would be mm-hmm. three yeah, years in a row right. where you get Sunday. back out of Texas, and, oh, and that's absolutely Sunday. a fertile. Record. Yeah, low key Sunday
3: is going to be really good. Oh my god, I'm excited Sunday. for that guy. Love
1: Barry. Like I said, for me, it's, it's a matter of, of class size. I think if we were a 20 plus class, I'd love to see us take a second running back, but um, with what we have in state on the O-line, which we're gonna to get to in the not too distant future, uh, as well as some of the other positions where we rotate guys consistently and you just need depth and you need you know multiple guys coming in every year. I don't know that the case can be made to take two backs, even with two departing the program based on what's in the room currently. And anybody can, you can argue if you disagree, but
3: I don't know how we're going to even feed enough mouths with the number of guys that we have, uh, in the room right now. I mean, we always talk about, uh, Cam Davis and then now we're talking about Sunday and Barry. Um, and then we kind of just forget that we have Sam Adams in the room too. Um, Adams is a guy that, that kind of worries me as, as a, a portal guy, potentially just because his name doesn't even get brought up much at all um so i mean i would love for him to stay here but i mean there's just too many mouths to feed honestly at at running back so i don't know how we're gonna uh satisfy all that so i i would expect that if someone's gonna hit the portal it'd be him
1: yeah i think also i mean it was just what first year in the program he's coming off an injury and i also think he brings a bit of a different skill set that we can use and i hate to use the term like it's not going back to cordell stewart it's not a slash but kind of more of an X factor player. And I certainly think with his ability to catch out of the backfield that you can really see um, a number of different ways. And you could, you know, eventually see, uh, I would hope that you could see, you know, more, you know, in, in gun or pistol formation, some two back sets where you've got a couple of those guys and you can either get them carries or on read op or, you know, read options with both, with multiple backs that you can make some hay with that anybody else want to jump in and talk about running backs before we move out wide? All right, let's move out wide and we'll start with a current commit out of Vegas Jeremy Bernard. Um, for me i'll I'll go ahead and jump in real quick with with what I see in his film. I, I certainly love the commit. Um, I think he high points the ball really well. he's got some wiggle uh, saw so good maybe not you know necessarily John Ross elite speed. Um, My player comp for him that I see a lot of in his game is actually Cason Williams, Um, but uh, that was kind of my, or, you know, Cason pre-injury, I see a lot of that, the ability to high point the football, win win one-on-one battles, uh, certainly on those back shoulders. Anybody want to jump in and talk about Jeremy? No, Roman, any thoughts on, on what you see in his film?
6: I gotta say, I do, I do love watching Jeremy's film, um, and how it's it's a very different thing from his from his film. But the the thing about Jeremy is the thing that really excites me about him is he's got that catch and run ability because he's already got that that size that I think is gonna play well at the college level, and he doesn't need to necessarily add all that extra weight. And while he could probably end up getting a little bit faster, uh, that's that's something that can be worked on. He already has some of those those intangibles that you that you really want to see from a kid at his level.
4: Then I'll add. So you guys are talking about his actual play, which I agree is amazing. But the things he's doing outside of playing, like he's already out there. Sounds like he's recruiting for us, trying to get a bunch of the other Vegas guys out there. That's been huge. And yeah, if he keeps doing that. Oh yeah, I'm all for I'm all for having players and commits be recruiters, and uh, somebody mentioned that he's I saw that too that he's thinking about reclassifying to 2021 if possible. I mean that might be a long shot, but at least he's it sounds like he's trying to do that. And yeah, I mean that that'd be huge, especially if you know, given the uh, couple guys that's already transferred and potentially one or two more that could transfer at wide receiver. So I'll take i'll take anyone when we can get earlier
3: especially him yeah and to follow on that dj the state of nevada is such a hotbed for talent in 2022 um with cyrus moss um, branch and, and his younger brother in 23 um Spoiler yeah right <laughs> um but there there are a ton of guys out there so if we can get uh Jeremy and uh his teammates that are also committed we'll talk about them later, Anthony Jones and, and Sir Mills um, recruiting in, in the state of Nevada for us that would be be huge or is huge already, uh, we'll see if it actually pays dividends with any of those other guys that are out there but um, it's definitely not going to hurt
1: Yeah, absolutely Anybody else have any thoughts on Jeremy before we move on to, uh, to somebody DJ mentioned All right, yeah, I, I think that's like, you know, in a, in a small class, um, you know, if we end up with one, I'm good with it, uh, but with what is existing in-state, um, with, with the players we have in-state right now, I would love to get us a second in-state receiver, um, and the second is, of course, Tobias Murray Merriweather from Dan Camus. Um, My thought when I really started digging into his film... Um, was the wonder. And, and I wish I could go back in time and I wish huddle or, or something similar had existed back then. And I'm like, is this what Reggie Williams sophomore film looked like? I'm not saying he's Reggie, like, cause as a senior or what Reggie was as a freshman, because Reggie beat by that point was just an absolute beast. And he'd already put on college size. And like he, he came in and he made a bunch of plays against Michigan his first year. But I saw just a, like a long strider, super smooth, easy ease of movement and the suddenness of his acceleration is incredibly impressive. And he really does like we talked about with Jeremy, he really just goes up and gets the ball. Um, I'll yield the floor to anyone who wants to jump in to talk about Tobias. Go ahead, DP.
5: I was just going to say on the topic of attacking the ball, I think the one play or the actually, there's a two play sequence in his huddle. I think it was like two minutes in or something, but there's back-to-back plays where he high points and hands catches like goes up, gets it with his hands. And uh, as a big guy, um, that That's, I think, what you're looking for is a guy, I think he's 6'4", 180. Um, so a guy who's going to go up, catch with his hands, and get those jump balls would be pretty nice, especially after seeing, um, like like the example in the Utah game where Ty Jones tries to catch the ball with his hands and his chest, and it's an interception because he doesn't go up and high point the ball. Um, so that that's a pretty pretty big-time skill to see of a guy, especially someone who's a sophomore in high school, like you said. And the dude just, like... I don't know if you guys have ever played. I, I, FMAC, obviously, uh, you, you played uh, in, in college, but he just seems to be like one of those guys who, who's so like smooth when it comes to turning and stuff that you don't realize that you've lost him until he's five yards away from you, wide open, ready to make a catch. Like Just his movement and the way he's able to turn at speed is so impressive to me. Uh, there's a play where I think... QB scrambles to the left, he's in the end zone, makes a turn with him kind of on the scramble drill, and then all of a sudden he just completely loses a defender in a span of like three steps, and the defender's just clueless, has no idea what happens. Uh, to me, it was really impressive, especially in a guy at that size with that capability. Uh, and then with him being an in-state guy, is just definitely someone I think we, we've got to go out and get, especially considering the other top school I think right now is Oregon. So
3: For like a savelle level turnaround with with tobias but from everything that i've read and seen so far it's it's not looking great but i mean we've still got a while to go until until signing day so we'll see what happens
6: so speaking speaking of tobias um from watching his film i see him like as dp was talking about hands catching he lets it get into his body a little bit more than i would like and for someone who's 6'4", watching a lot of his 7-on-7 film when he really does have the, the opportunities to go up and high point the ball, he doesn't do it nearly as much as I might have liked, honestly. Not necessarily saying that, like, no, he's a bad player or anything like that. But he, the, the thing that really stands out is his route running and how smooth he is at that size, which is something that's really exciting um, for, for me personally to, to watch on film. Because that's something that obviously translates really well at, at the college and pro level and something that gets see on the field early and often.
0: I'll, I'll echo a couple of things that have been said. So just really quickly. So Strider, Smooth, one of those guys on film who looks like he's jogging, but he's running by people. Body control, catch radius. I think, when, you know, if and when he fails out his frame, I think he can be a beast the lack of physicality definitely stood out to me. Right. I think I, I watched one play where he was on the line of scrimmage and there's a small dude who bodied him a little bit and just sheer athleticism. He he was able to, to scrape off of him, but the, the fighting and the release technique um, was a red flag for me. And I think, you know, he high points because he's six four and the people he are playing against are probably five nine, five ten. I think against a big physical corner, he's gonna struggle early. Um I don't see him as a big yak guy, right? The yards after catch. I, I I think, you know, maybe some smaller tacklers will fall off. Um but I think hey, like I, I don't wanna knock the kid. I, I think he's a great great talent. I, I think if he does fill out and hit the weight room and and improve that physicality, um the other thing I didn't see in his film, again, going back to physicality, is, like, the run blocking, right? You'd want to see a little bit of that with a wide receiver. I didn't see any of it. Um, hey, like, I, seeing a crystal ball for him to Oregon is just – it sucks because – it's not because I – I mean, maybe it's I, – I can't say that I'm not biased. But, like, I think he would be totally wasted at Oregon. I would rather see him go to Notre Dame. I know his pops is, like, big on Notre Dame. And and that and that's fine. I, I think he would his talent would be wasted at Oregon. So if he doesn't come to you, I would love to see him at U dub. I think I think with Junior Adams and him put him in the weight room, he could be awesome for us. Like he could be an elite talent. Uh, but if it's not us, I I hope he goes to Notre Dame. Yeah, I would agree. And I just want to say
4: I just want to say ahead, one Jay. thing. Shout out to Tobias' dad. You know Twitter loves you. Seriously.
0: Yeah, that guy's that guy's rad. Like he 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 gets it. Like he totally understands it. He has legit questions about like what he saw in our offense and like he, you know, he he gets it. So I I you know I understand his. You know he wants to find the best place for his son. But yeah, hey, it's not Oregon. I promise. <laughs>
1: yeah. Mario is a salesman. Mario is not a developer. It's
0: not. Yeah, yeah right. he'll end up with some cool gear and then he'll be undrafted.
1: Yeah. Like again. The last time Oregon had a player draft a wide receiver drafted in the first round was a mod fucking Rashad.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and that's not even and yeah, and that's all true in the in the history of it. But like, hey, like the guy who led their team in receptions is, is Red, right? Jalen Red. He's a scat back. He led the team in receptions. Like that's their offense right? Like they had some downfield shots, but their offense is not to like have a, a, have a wide receiver like Tobias, like go up and high point the ball and, and act like a true, like, you know, wide out receiver. Like that's not their offense at all. And that's why I say that, like, Hey, if he doesn't want to go to UW, then, then fine. Hey, like I'm all for kids, you know, wanting to live their dream and go where they think they're going to be most successful. Um, You know, but it's certainly, it's definitely not Oregon.
5: Yeah, no,
1: I mean, like they, you're, you're exactly right. Mac. Like, they Stanford puts the ball down the field to their wide receivers more than Oregon does. Like Yes. Like get out. Like get out Fuck of here. Oregon. Yeah. We we could do a whole pod on that subject. So kind of Fuck them. All right, let's talk about uh uh we still got some 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 offers out at, at at wide receiver that we can talk about. I know somebody wanted to talk about CJ. Go ahead. Maybe not i'll let it did somebody <laughs> okay. want to talk about cj i thought somebody did but uh i here's another one that i can <laughs> edit out all right you again no no i i i would have talked about cj but i think that chip's kind of failed yeah so... <laughs> all right let's move on to uh what what the program's about like, or really you know and i don't mean that in a sarcastic way at all um, we have such a history at the position, and we should claim our mantle again as tight end you. Uh, select to talk tight ends, and, and we'll certainly start with, uh, uh, with our current commit, Chance Bogan, who wants to lead us off uh, in uh, looking at Chance's film and, and what they think.
6: Here, uh, I'll at you guys – I'm, I'm a big fan of Chance and everything that he can do on the field. I, he hits his, his ceiling, he's going to be Hunter Bryant. Because he's got all that, all that um, ability as a receiver. He's not necessarily as developed as a run blocker. Uh, at only two fifteen, I believe is what he's at right now, weight-wise. So if he can get up to two thirty, that's that's all. Awesome. But he just he really is just a big receiver. So if he can continue to develop as a run blocker, that's awesome. That's great. I just, in in my opinion, from what I've seen on film, he looks like he's more gonna be that kind of guy like they did with Hunter where they can move him all over the formation and they can design plays for him. He's fast enough to have that kind of, that kind of impact on the team, but he just does it doesn't have that, um that Cade, Cade Otten kind of a nasty streak in him as a blocker from what he's shown so far in his high school film. am not saying that he can't develop that.
1: I definitely liked this film. Um, I guess I'll, I'll start with, uh, I think probably the, the assumed other take at that position and the assumed other, like commit at that position, because we've talked about Cade, who's an absolute beast. Um, and that being Ryan Otten, uh, from down at Tumwater. I love this kid's film, uh, that size. He has, um, one of the things that I look for in tight ends is certainly, you know, it's not just that their ability to catch the ball, catch the ball and move and be an asset in the passing game. Um, I see a real mean streak in his, like in the in the highlights of him blocking. He's got a bully mentality. He stays after guys. He doesn't, you know. Well, he's not nigh on to an offensive lineman where he's completely freaking burying him. He latches on and he will not let go. Um, and, and I like that mentality. And then I was certainly really impressed for somebody his size, and, and it shouldn't surprise surprise anyone given what we saw out of Cade this past fall. But that kid can move, and I'm I mean. I don't know that I watched Cade's film out of high school, um, but I, I don't know. Ryan looks a little bit faster. If you had him line up on on you know on the goal line and run forty yards, I I I might put my money on Ryan. Anybody else want to want to jump in on this one?
4: I'll I'll jump in. So yeah, obviously those two guys that we mentioned must takes and well, chance is already. Already uh, committed, but yeah, Auden, yeah, we gotta reel him in, and that'd be huge. But yeah, and when I was going to look at the numbers earlier, it's kind of interesting that uh, that we already have seven tight ends with only one leaving, and so adding two more that gives us eight. It's, so I guess Jimmy's getting his uh, four tight end look that he's trying to get maybe going forward, but. Yeah. So, but anyways, what I was trying to say is like, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot of tight ends out there that it seems like they're higher on UW, which is not a surprise the way we use tight ends and develop them. And so we, we have options. It seems like, and, and there's the Austin Terry from, from Tumwater. I know one of the people that, that we all know that is high on him even more so than not one name, any names, Uh, and then there's I think we just offered a new one am I right or is that a 2023 tight end yeah okay and then there's the I'm bad with names there's a kid from Utah that's a tight end right that's pretty high on UW so yeah I mean it sounds like we got we got some uh, options out there if, if Otten doesn't come in but commit to us soon but Hopefully he does, because I'm high on him, and I love I love his older brother. So if he's anything like his older brother, in college, and sign me up.
5: Roman and Tyson. Te- uh, I, w- I was gonna go on O-line, so uh, Roman and Tyson.
2: So what's what's taken Otten so long to commit to us? You would think that since it, he's you know in state, his brother's balling out this last year in four games why why is he not committed to us so far like just kind of make sense
1: we're
6: I, I i can i can speak to that very well I, I talked to ryan last week uh every kid is different you guys you guys have to keep that in mind with stuff like this everyone is different it doesn't it doesn't matter if your brother is a superstar at at the yeah. local school uh, if you have free trips to go visit colleges and get a new experience hey why don't you like it's 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 a totally different thing for in every single situation and from what ryan was saying to me he really wants to get up all up all up and down the west coast he wants to go visit schools in california he wants to visit arizona he wants to visit oregon state he just wants to see all these schools before making a decision because he said that's the most important thing when it comes to him personally and i i personally love uh watching ryan's film i think that he is arguably the best tight end of the country in this class. He is basically Cade, but faster. I would, I would agree with Tristan O'Leary again. You also
0: you, you can't blame him for visiting the best school in Oregon.
6: I, absolutely not. Um, they call it uh, the Beaver
1: State for a reason. <laughs>
6: um, one of the one um another thing when it comes to stuff like this is like you just you really do want to let the process play out because. And uh, what, I, what I can say is that I don't think that there's going to be any moves necessarily made on other tight ends unless Ryan commits somewhere else. That they, That's one that they are willing to wait out and let him. Like, obviously, they want to close him ASAP. But if he is steadfast on taking visits to other schools, hey, that's fine. Like, that's, that's something that you've you got to let him do. you got to respect the kid's process but that's um when it comes to tight ends in general i i do believe that they will hold out for ryan and try to close him as hard as they possibly can
2: and i would take all five visits too i mean to be honest i'd go everywhere i don't i mean
0: yeah
1: yeah on a rel- on a related topic, and it's a skeleton that...
0: Uh, One second, a hooligan. I mean, the dude is from Tumwater, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> you want to go, go see some other places? Like, I, I get did. that. Hey, hey,
4: hey, that's where I live. <laughs> I, I,
1: I did forget to mention this um, in the skeleton segment because it's not necessarily directly purple and gold or, or directly Husky related in terms of things going on in our program or in, in the Husky sports universe. But goddamn it, fuck the NCAA extending the dead period to the end of May. Like, let kids you, know, you can visit and do the do it at a social distancing capacity. Let kids go and see campuses, talk to coaches in person, meet face to face. You can do it from twelve feet away. Like we've got an outdoor deck, that you know, in the off the recruiting lounge. Like this can be done safely. Get out of the fucking way, NCAA, or fuck the fuck off. And again, to everyone who gets frustrated with Mark Emmert. Yes, he's from the University of Washington, and yes, goddammit, we apologize.
4: We don't claim him. <laughs> but, yeah. He's disowned, they,
1: he's disavowed. All of a lot above. of these
4: guys are going to be taking visits on their own dime, and, you know, what better way to keep them more safe by having an official visit and having them going through the necessary steps to be safe and whatever, wearing masks and all that. So, yeah, it's stupid. They, I understand why they did it for, for a while, but. You know, I by the summer, there's no excuse not to have them do official visits. and But it's the NCAA, and nothing makes sense with them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move to, to O-line. Um, uh, I think we can all apologize um, for, for any, you know, long vacations that Scott Huff was hoping to take because I don't think he's going to rack up a bunch of frequent flyer miles in 2022. Uh, his job is, is in-state and in-state only. Um, and, and I'll just rattle it off. I think that, you know, and, in I think it's, it's obviously a tackle. It's Connerly and Agbo. Um, and then for me, it's any combination of, of Vega Iowane, Dave Ayuli, and Mark Naboo at guard and, and just roll four of the, you know, three, two of those three and, and let's, let's roll. Anybody else want to, want to talk about O-line?
2: I watched, uh, uh connery's film today and he is nasty Woo, yeah six 270 uh yeah just finishes blocks just pancaking kids um yeah i love this kid i hope he stays home i love having beach boys at u-dub yeah i hope he commits asap
4: yeah
1: yeah, we're not, and we're not talking about Brian or, or you know, Jeff Wilson. Shout out to Yeah.
3: Nate. Does
1: anybody Rob. else have any, anybody else have any thoughts or, or want to jump in on o line? Go ahead, Roman.
6: I uh, I just love to say that watching is just is so much fun because he moves so well at his size, and I believe he's listed at two seventy right now. I haven't gotten a chance to talk to him recently and see if. Uh, That's been updated at all, but he's just, he's the perfect left tackle. And there's, I I feel like there's so much that potential there and he's already so great as it is that he, he does have potential to be one of the best tackles in the NCAA when that, that time does come.
2: And, and the film I watched was sophomore film too. So, I mean, dude is nasty and he's huge.
4: Yeah, Well, that's, that's the last film because there's no junior season. But, yeah, he's not only can he move, he's so strong already. So, But I know I have to keep bringing this up with the numbers and everything, but they need to find a way to at least take four of these guys, of these four to five of these O-linemen from in-state. Obviously, uh, Connor Lee and Agbo. But, yeah, getting four of these guys is huge. Not only literally huge, but... Uh, big for I mean big for the program but also just the whole area and making sure local kids stay home that are worthy to play for the school or worthy is not a good word but good enough and to play for the school and yeah all these guys they, they can all play and yeah we need, they need to find a way to do that whatever romar math that we used to call it or whatever get, get for them in. Sales. yeah <laughs>
5: yeah dp go ahead man yeah, uh, I'm with DJ here. I think it's pretty pretty simple calculus. You take four in-state offensive linemen here. Uh, my ideal class, I think I had 16 people because I was trying to fit into the limit. I took four in-state offensive linemen. I think I took nine in-state guys in total. Um, we, we've touched on before the importance of keeping the in-state talent, especially with the trend we've seen. Um, all the talent in state the last couple of years. And I think this would be a really good year to, to nail it down. I think on the two, four, seven rankings, there's 10, four, uh, two, four, seven, four stars in state this year. Um, so it's, it's really an important year to, to nail that down. And I think it starts on the line right here. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody
1: else have any uh, comments or thoughts on online before we flip over to the guys they'll be fighting with every, uh, in practice every, uh, every day. Alright, let's go. Uh, D Tackle. Uh, let's start with Sir Mels. Love the take, love the attitude, love the fact that he's got um and he's said it on Twitter where he's you know, he's announcing offers and I'm happy that he's getting offers, but he's rock locked locked in with UW and I love that attitude. Love that, you know, fuck that school down south um, mentality. Like I'm hundred percent a dog. We love that. I I see a lot of potential. I, I think he's got some ability to move. I I really am impressed with his size and his strength and his just ability to, um, I see him having that capacity to really just eat up blocks and keep the linebackers clean in our system. Um, but I will, uh, I will step away and uh, let anyone else who wants to talk about, sir, take the floor DP and then Roman and then Jake at.
5: Yeah, I think we touched on this during the uh we we might have touched on this at some point but i said if if we're going to take a guy uh on on defensive line I'll always trust uh coach k which is a pretty tragic comment uh in, in retrospect um but yeah I, you're never going to hear me complain about taking some beef on the line uh, especially with a kid who's as great i think character wise as uh he he's demonstrated himself to be over the last uh couple weeks last couple months whatever um, obviously, he's kind of got our, our, our Vegas pipeline going, which is pretty sick. Um, I I think we'll touch on Zion Branch later, uh, as I think I'm assuming everyone put him in uh, as as a safety, so that's pretty important. Obviously, we got his uh, his teammate uh, Jones in the fold, uh, so yeah, I, I I love the take. I, I have absolutely zero issue with taking a big guy who can move the defensive tackle position, like Hooligan said, and uh, I'm a big fan of his.
6: That, that's literally exactly what I was going to say. I'm a huge fan of watching Sir's film. And he's someone that I've, I've been able to talk to recently. And one thing that we discussed is that he he prides himself on his motor and that he really is trying to continue to develop himself as a pass rusher. So watching, watching him right now, he said he's almost at around 340 pounds and he wants to get down to 315, I believe it was, what he told me before he gets on campus. So he and he said he's working on his hand fighting, working on his get off a little bit. So it's something where he's already an exciting player to watch and one thing that he told me is that after he committed to Washington, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, Texas, and M, they all came calling. And he said that he's not going anywhere. So that's he's really really exciting.
3: I mean his uh presence on Twitter, uh, already with, with UW is, is amazing. I mean, his, his already, I mean, he kind of had the shout out Oregon cause they offered him today. Um, uh, but right after he committed and he tweeted the, the no ducks emojis, that was pretty sweet. Uh, but yeah, I like the kid a lot. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's already been said, but he's, uh, he can move for, for how big he is and, and he's only going to get, Faster and and, and stronger, uh, especially if he can drop the weight like Roman was talking about. So, yeah, Sirs is a guy that I'm really excited about for sure. Um, He doesn't have a super high rating or anything like that, but he's going to be a stud for us for sure uh, in the next, what, three, four years.
1: Move on to his teammate. So oh, go ahead, Tugs.
2: So, are we only taking one D tackle? Is that what we're thinking? I mean, that
6: would, would be, be fun- my best guess. Yeah. Okay. Because especially after taking four or five guys, uh, what is it along the the D line in 2021, mm-hmm. I'm sure that it's it's going to be a much smaller number for 22. And I wouldn't be surprised if Sir is the only take it. defensive tackle. Okay. Yep. Unless yeah. there's a
4: few transfers that happen unexpectedly, which would be a surprise,
3: yeah. d lineman that we all think should transfer. I'm not going to say his name, but you know,
5: Hermione would.
3: <laughs>
5: Hooligan, you beat me by a couple seconds there. I was about to make a Harry Potter joke.
1: Same. <laughs> all right, let's move on to his teammate and and, and also a current commit, Anthony Jones. Uh, DP. I know that uh, that you mentioned that you wanted to get get started with Anthony.
5: Um. I don't really think a lot needs to be said about the kind of player we're getting in Anthony Jones because he posted a video of him playing tight end. I think it is seven on seven and I watched that and then I watched it again and then I watched it again and then I watched it again. And I was like, holy fucking shit. And I was like, okay, I'm cool with this take. This is a great take. Let's roll with it. And that's literally all I have to say.
1: I, I love to take. I think, again, um, I don't question. I wouldn't have questioned anybody that that Pete had offered and said that we wanted. Um, I think with if if you know, of course, I didn't want Pete to leave. Um, but if I trust you know on the defensive side of the ball as a developer that's proven year in and year out, and I think we'll put this guy in the league. I I you know I think Akaike is going to be able to do great things with him. Uh, Anybody else have anything to to, to say on Anthony? All right, moving on to uh, the other, I I do, um, in my ideal class, there is one other guy I'd love to see us take at the buck position, uh, and that's Nathan Burrell, uh, looking at his tape. Um, The thing that really stuck out, and and it stuck out to me because of what we ask our our, our outside linebackers to do is that yes that they have responsibility for rushing the passer but first and foremost it's to really set the edge in the run game and not let get people whether it's a running back a receiver on a screen or a quarterback scrambling get outside of him uh what i saw in burrell's film that i really liked is he's a his patience is a really smart football player i didn't ever see in his tape see him run himself out of a play definitely has the speed needed um and i also really saw him like really sink the hips um, and maintain really good pad level throughout. But uh, anybody else have anybody either have thoughts on Burrell or, or uh, other players at the buck position that, that they see in their ideal class?
6: guy yeah, that I, I just want to jump in and say that would be an exciting take if, um, the, if the coaching staff be able to keep on him and close him, uh, especially to keep that Vegas pipeline going, would be uh, Cyrus Moss from Bishop Gorman that'd be someone really exciting. I don't necessarily, I I haven't gotten a lot of inside information on him recently, but I know that's someone obviously the coaches are very high on and that would be an exciting, exciting get for the Huskies.
4: That'd be huge. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the interest is on from his, from his end, but yeah, from what I've seen of him, yeah, he's nice. Definitely take him. And I, I had one other D tackle I, I forgot to mention, and I don't think anyone else did. Anyone talk about Anthony Lucas from Arizona? And I don't know.
6: Off. I, they're, there's, yeah. they're They're not.
4: Yeah, I didn't think so, but man, yeah. that's just one guy. Yeah, go ahead.
6: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's. And it's nothing like I don't think it's interest related. I just, as good as he is, I don't think there's any room.
4: Yep, exactly. That's that's exactly my thoughts. I mean, obviously, you know more than me, but we're talking about ideal class and an ideal class. Yep. I would love well, to yeah, I get bring you. him in. Cool.
1: Anybody else uh, in terms of players? They like it outside linebacker they'd like to see in the class. Nope. All right. Let's let's move inside. Um, who wants to start?
3: and I will. Okay, um, uh, I really like Ty uh, from Katie in Texas. Um, I think he tackles better than Jackson Sermon does right now. Uh, he... I mean, I watched his whole huddle film, I, obviously like uh, F Mac mentioned earlier with, I can't remember who he was talking about, but uh, it's highlight film. We're not watching all 22s, we're not watching a whole game, but uh, from what I saw, he, he's a really good uh, downhill linebacker. Uh, they use him a lot as a spy, I don't know what his conference is like in, in Texas, but it looked like they played a lot of uh, option heavy or a lot of mobile quarterbacks uh, down there. <clears throat> So you saw him a lot uh, playing spy and things like that. Uh, So I think that that he could be really good in in the Um, Pac-12. I only saw him drop into coverage a couple times, um, but he carried a a tight end all the way up the seam into the end zone, step for step, and and, uh, I think he's he's probably going to be okay. He looked pretty fluid uh, in his movement. Um, But, yeah, I I like Ty a lot. I don't know how much they're talking to him or or anything like that, but... uh, from what I saw, uh, I think he's, he's really good.
1: Briefly, I didn't have a ton of time, but I jumped in uh, and took a look at the film uh, briefly before we hopped on tonight. Uh, I like the film as well. He's not my ideal in a small class, he's not the, the guy that I would say is a make or break at the position. I actually saw, um, you know, certainly great instinct, great form tackling. The player, like for me, the player comp is. I saw a tie. Is he's a bigger BBK? (laughs) Was kind of the most direct correlation. DP, go ahead.
5: Yeah, while we're on the subject of BBK, I think this has to be (laughs) said. Correction, Um, guys. Look, I listen, listen. Sometimes in life, uh, you say dumb shit, and sometimes you're just an idiot. I think this falls in the second category. Um, I think Hooligan took the fall for it on Twitter. Uh when someone asked who's the idiot who said BBK was seventh round.
1: Put your guys in positions to be successful and take the full yeah. form if you
5: need to. Um so someone said uh who who was the idiot who said BBK was seventh rounder undrafted? It was me. I accept full responsibility for my actions. That, that was that was tough. Low field moment for me. Uh yeah, so so that that one's on me, Kat.
1: Good man, just don't let it happen again. I I can only Throw myself in one bu- in front of one bus per, per podcast contributor.
4: <laughs> yeah, DP, how do you not memorize every Husky player, what round they're drafted? Ever, like, come on. And, and unlike the rest of us, you don't even have alcohol to blame
1: for memory
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> or age. The, the raspberry limeade got me. That's what it was. I'll roll with that one. <laughs> All right, moving
1: on to to the ideal take from me in at the the inside linebacker position. Um and it's a local kid out of Eastside Catholic and yep. uh, we we've, we've mentioned his name on the b- before in in reference to the mistake that was not offering G Scott earlier than we did. Um but it's Deshawn Misa. Uh I mean size, speed, really smooth athlete, a violent hitter. Um, I see a lot of Azeem in his prime with us before the leg injury against USC. Um, I hope to God we can get him in the boat because I think he would be an absolute force for us. Go ahead, Tugs.
2: I saw a nose for the ball, always around the ball. Closing speed was great. Yeah, love this kid. I hope he jumps on board.
6: I'll jump in. I, I do love watching Mesa's film. Uh, he's one of those guys where I think that he still has a little bit of room to grow physically, but if he can retain the athleticism that he has at, because um, at, I, I think he's sitting around 220, 225 right now, if he plays at 240, I I don't think that there's anyone in the country who can stop him on the inside.
1: Yeah, if not, go ahead.
0: So I, I, I love the Sean Mises film. Man, I his, he's just like, when he's in downhill attack mode, oh man, god damn, like that kid is just so disruptive, especially on the blitz. Uh, The other thing that I see with him, and this is a little bit of a football term, but he's got great punch, Um, it's something that Bill Walsh used to say, where it's like, two guys coming at each other, you know there's going to be contact, and at the last minute, there's like this extra burst of energy that he brings to the point of attack, and it's just like, Man, he just, like, stonewalls people. He's got that extra punch at the point of attack that I love. Um, His sideline-to-sideline pursuit is awesome. Um, And he he plays through O-line contact really well. He doesn't give ground. He just kind of stonewalls him, and then he slides off and, and, and forces disruption. The other thing about him is sometimes you see guys like that on film that are, like, you know, almost like a Troy Polamalu, like that's not a comp, but just like the style where that it's like they're better in attack mode than they are like in space. And with Deshaun Misa, when I see him drop into coverage, drop into space, he doesn't look uncomfortable. He looks natural. And so, like, I, I'm really excited about him. And that, that size, too, I mean, dang, like 6'2", 6'3", 220, 225. I mean the guy is a beast right and and surprisingly like Roman said like he looks like he he can still grow into his frame a little bit which is crazy at that size already. Uh, to me like he's a must have uh in the class for our inside linebacker room for sure he's a must have.
1: Uh, I yeah 1000 and a half percent. It's he's one of those guys to me that is a if you don't get a find a way to you know to to close him like burn it down. Like when we have players of that caliber in state and not only in state, but within our metropolitan area, you got to get it done. They got to be dogs, period. Good night. End of story.
3: Shouts. Pull through for us, man. On Deshaun.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, uh, anybody else on linebackers before we, uh, we move to, uh, what our university is known for because let's not beat around the bush. We are fucking DBU and anyone else that says otherwise can fuck the hell off.
0: Fuck the fuck off.
1: Yeah. (laughs) This one I meant fuck the hell off.
4: (laughs) Oh you're trying to switch it up.
3: Okay. Okay. Uh, 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 Variety it's the yeah, exactly.
1: Go ahead DJ. Uh
4: have we have we offered Tristan Dunn yet? No. No?
3: So haven't offered Kieran Collins, because I don't know what the fuck we're doing.
4: (laughs) Damn. Alright, yeah, because I I don't know if they're, I mean, they probably only want to take one inside linebacker, I'm assuming, and they're probably waiting on a couple guys, but from what I've seen, Tristan Dunn, it...
1: You muted yourself, DJ. You you muted yourself. yourself.
4: I did that, I was looking at another screen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh what what school is he out of?
6: Yeah, For, where from? does he go? Sumner I think. Sumner? Okay.
4: Yeah. Uh, and it's just another an, another thing Hooligan's been talking about, offering the local kids early. And and this is one of them. I mean they probably have I'm assuming they have a couple other guys, Misa and whoever else that they're trying to go after first. But yeah, this is one of the one of the guys that we need also as D.P. says, a thumper. <laughs> so he's and, kind of
6: a tweener, because I think yeah. some people are looking at him as a... and others are looking at him as a linebacker. So yeah, it's kind of like in that Asa Turner of... Okay. I don't necessarily know which you're looking at or which.
3: Yeah, Utah's yeah. recruiting him at safety, I think. Yeah.
6: yeah, so I think that might be something where he might be more interested in playing one position at the next level. So. Gotcha.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's uh, with that size, because he's what, like 6'5"? Ballpark, something like that. Four. Okay, getting kind of up into that, almost into that Chris Chris Hempel range from back in the day um, of a, another player that was criminally underutilized by by our illustrious coaching staff led by General Millingham. Um But well, let's go ahead and move to DB. Um, I think the top guy on my board of, of who's left for us is uh, is a, a kid out of Arizona at, I think Brophy Prep, Benjamin Morris, and I see yeah, bro. at least some similarity with with trent mcduffie just the speed easy athleticism and acceleration um and he's not the biggest corner in the world he's not you know nigh under richard sherman but for his size he's got no hesitation to get in there and get physical uh go ahead dp
5: yeah so i I went through morrison's film like right before this which i hadn't watched yet because i'm an idiot and uh like like i said on the last podcast i don't know shit. but when i watched his film uh, one thing that jumped out at me was like closing speed, I guess. Um, so you know, bearing down on guys, and then quickness over short distance, which we touched on earlier, uh, is super quick to me on on film. Just really, like I said, really quick closes really well, which is really big for a corner because uh, you know you, you get beat. It's a lot easier to, to make up for it with that kind of quickness and that kind of closing speed. Uh, and like I said, I don't I don't know shit, but that's what uh, that's what jumped out at me, uh, in, in particular, on his huddle.
3: yeah not not to mention he grew up a dog fan right so I mean there's no reason we shouldn't close this guy but
0: yeah he yeah. was so excited when we offered like he yeah he he's all he's he was all on the dogs and I like the I do like the Trent McDuffie comparison a little bit like he's always always like under control right he's always in the right spot uh i I love that I, I love that kid um and and he's just like he's just so He's a showster of himself. Like he's in the right spot. He makes he, he tackles well. He's just a you know a sure thing. I love I love it. He's a classic you know, Lake DB. Yeah, DP. You want to talk
1: about another guy you liked, or or, or are you just trolling me?
5: No, that that was that was just painful. Shout out to to uh, Damani. Um, you know. Uh, and yeah, don't don't I mean, pull kids from modern day, I guess, outside of when Scott Huff is recruiting them. Because yeah, Scott Huff fucks. Yeah, Scott Huff
1: definitely fucks. But I mean, I, I, the one thing that I will say on that is, you know, again, we we we, we on or or on on that that team down south quite a bit. But like the LA schools, like there where talent goes to die, like. I mean, like the fact that, like, look at Talanoha Funga is probably had an underwhelming career, and it is immensely talented. Like, the underutilization of talent by the LA schools, and again, this is why <clears throat> this podcast exists in some way, shape, or form. Is you know why we are going to continue to be active and, for the most part, be very positive on Twitter. Like, what we do is incredible. Like, we develop guys for the league, especially at this position. And we've got the best APR in the country. It's, I said, it, I tweeted it today and I'm not trying to top myself, but it's like, yeah, the program, it's built for life. And at certain spots and at a lot of spots, it's built for the league. Like, and if you go somewhere else and don't recognize that, you're costing yourself dollars. Sorry, but you are, DP.
5: And literally, we're gonna have two uh, defensive backs get drafted. Really, obviously, Keith Taylor showed out at, at the Senior Bowl, so he'll probably get himself uh, round three at the latest. Molden the same. I think I've seen Keith as high as uh, like 31. I think I saw him in one mock. Uh, so so he's really up there. So if you look at that and the development we've had at the DB position, um, it, it, it's pretty incredible to me that someone would not look at U-Dub as a primary option. Um, especially, you know, like I said, guy like Damani Jackson. I, I get the whole, like, modern-day thing, but I, I think there's a point where you have to look at the history we've had, and obviously we've got Trent coming out next year. I, I think Trent should be a surefire first-rounder. I don't, I don't think there's a better place to go on, on the West Coast if you're a DB. I don't know that there are many better places to go in the entire country. Um, and, and so it's pretty incredible to me that we've had... Uh, as many misses as we've had in the last two classes to be recruiting well. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody
1: else have any corner prospects they love? I, I there is certainly one. Like I think Benjamin Morrison's the top of my board. Uh, I also looked at the Miles Pollard film out of uh, Tennessee, and, and the immediate nickname that I came up for um, from watching his junior highlights was the Decapitator, because he absolutely. Kills a guy in the first play. Like, it is take what happened to Britton Covey and Gabe Marks by our defensive backs and multiply it by 10 um, long arms. Like, he's a guy I'd, I'd love to see. Um, I just don't think with, with a smaller class. Um, yeah. And if we can get Morrison in the boat, uh, I don't think we we take two corners um, because I certainly would hope that we, we take one other defensive back at a guy that we're going to talk about and gush about um and i pray to god as a part of this class but anybody else have any corners they like
3: I, I like uh, uh julian humphrey um i don't know how much of a, a take he has like you said with a smaller class um but I, I like his film uh i think he he's got some pretty good recovery speed as well uh he's got pretty good ball skills uh, he's a hitter uh he supports in the run game um but, yeah, I, I think Humphrey would be a good add to this class. Whether or not we have room for him is another question, but uh, I, I do like him a lot.
1: Yeah. Roman, any?
6: Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of uh, Julian Humphrey. I, th- I think that he would be a take right now because I'm sure that multiple DBs are going to be taken, and I think that he's one of the guys that, that's going, that they're going to have a lot of interest in. Um, he's, I, I really like the, the technique that he plays with. Uh, I feel like he's one of those guys that's going to be easily teachable the next level because he already is very developed in his game. He's got uh, he's sort of sort of got that lanky size where he could end up looking a little bit like a Keith Taylor would. So I think it's it's one of those things where if they're probably going to end up taking um, two or three defensive backs since they just they do that every year. So I really wouldn't be surprised if um, he's among that group.
1: Yeah, I. Thanks, Roman. That's great insight, and I I actually, it's interesting you talk about technique because that was the first thing that jumped up to me is just kind of how technically sound he is and like almost like Technician style, like, and Keith in his career at UW didn't necessarily pop or like, and I think he even said it on Twitter today or or in in an interview where he had like the spectacular career that he was hoping for where you can get an interception, but just so technically sound, fundamentally, just in the right places. DP, go ahead. Or excuse me, DJ.
3: Nobody? I like Jim Mickey out of L.A. too. Um, he got offered by Oregon a little while back, but I, uh, someone, one of the national guys, reposted his, his offer from Oregon, and I hadn't seen the name before, but I looked into him a little bit. Uh, but five, 11 and a half 175, corner out of, out of uh, Centennial in California. Um, he, he's a hitter too, uh, and as DP keeps putting in the chat, we need more thumpers on defense um We need to instill a little bit more fear, and and that guy will will do it for you. um But yeah, uh, if things were to not work out with with some of the other guys, I would like Jaden uh, as an offer guy uh, later on down the road.
1: Corners or, or Roman, you, you have any thoughts on kind of what we've talked about, or any insight on the, on the quarterback position in this class? Well, I think you guys covered
6: everything really well. Um, um, I. Don't necessarily know how high Miles Pollard might be on a board right now, but I think that the coaching staff, especially if it's if it's Ben Morrison and uh, and Julian Humphrey, I think they'd be really happy with those two takes.
1: I would. I don't think anyone on this pod would complain about that. <laughs> <clears throat> It'd be kind of um,
2: cool to get snag a kid out of Tennessee. Oh, I agree.
1: Yeah, like I said, I just I,
3: that's not Jackson Sermon. You mean right?
1: He, he's a kid that I will like. <sighs> he'll he'll i will follow because i i love i just love that physicality of of, you know from every position on the defense i I love that physicality at every position on the offense and he just the fact that yeah it's if you have not seen that that play on his tape go watch it because it is a holy shit. this is a a nascar big one at daytona (laughs) train wreck and he just de the kid basically um, moving on to, to safety, um, for me, there is a hands-down, please, for the love of God, and it's a kid out um, of its Zion branch. Um, that, I mean, like, ball skills, high-pointing the football as, as a safety, but the thing that just stood out to me, and it's I, I, what I've been referring to is the, um, it's a reverse vehicular felony. It's he runs, and then he hits and again thumpers it is just a like i don't know that I, I came up with a great size and player style comparison but like if you go back you know old school against it you know the safeties like steve atwater or for us like lawyer malloy i don't think he's quite as big as lawyer is or um or was when he played for us but just just violent um go ahead dp
5: yeah, I I've been saying it incessantly in the chat for like the last, you know, 30 minutes since we moved on to defense. Uh but but more thumpers. I'm just going to say it again this time out loud. Um if you look at the identity of our defense in 2016, um uh, obviously we had Keyshawn and team drilling people. We had Jojo who loved to lay the hit stake on people. And that was kind of part of the identity of that team is that we were going to lay the hurt on you. Um and you know you you, you want to try and dink and dunk on us down the field? Fine, we're gonna make you feel it. Um, and then obviously one of the most fun games I can remember watching. I, I don't want to revel in anyone's pain, but watching us absolutely brutalize Britton Covey <laughs> for 60 minutes was uh pr- pretty incredible. And I, I would like to see more of that. I, I I'm not wishing for injury. Want to make that clear? But I would like to see you know more hard hitting antics out of our defense. Uh, as, especially as we move forward with trying to compete at a national level, I think we need guys who are going to bring the hurt. We need that enforcer guy on our defense, kind of the way JoJo was in that great defensive backfield that we had in 2016, and uh, the way Cam Chancellor was for the Legion uh, of Boom in Seattle. Um, we 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 need guys who are going to bring the hurt, and I th- I think Zion, as you said, Hooligan, just really fits into that category. Yeah, I
1: I don't know that. I mean, and, and I, you know, in, in prepping for this, this pod, there's obviously there's a lot of guys whose tapes I watched that I loved. And I don't know that there's one that to me is like, I would love to see this guy in purple and gold more than I, than I would about Zion Branch because of those aspects. And I really like a lot of these guys that we've talked about. Um, Anybody else have anybody at Safety they want to talk about or any closing thoughts on, on kind of how we look at this class? Go ahead, Tugs
2: yeah i like uh kamari ramsey he was uh i watched his film he's uh 6'1 195 i felt that uh he read the qb's qb really well um and and uh anticipates really well and he also is a very hard hitter came up came up quick closed fast I i really like his game and i liked his film a lot so i yeah, if uh, we don't land Branch, I wouldn't be uh I like him. I like uh Ramsey's uh game.
1: Yeah, I I think that that about covers it. Roman, any thoughts on safeties?
6: Both the Vegas guys have told me in the last couple of weeks that they're all over Zion and his brother Zachariah We're trying to get him up to uh up to Seattle. So I mean I I guess we gotta see how that plays out.
1: Let's go relationship recruiting. Come on. Um, yeah, and uh, so we we originally had planned to talk about twenty three uh, this episode, but but we went a little deeper. But I, I hope you guys all enjoyed it, uh, both uh, those of us in the conversation and and those listeners. Um, so we're going to definitely touch on twenty three in a future episode. Um, I, we say it all the time on Twitter, but offer Gabari offer
3: after. offer. In Kozar, I swear to fucking God, if another team offers him before we do, I'm, I'm so mad about that.
1: Like, what are we doing with our lives?
2: I don't, don't know.
3: Do I don't so, know. Dude. I doing? really don't.
1: So, in an upcoming episode, we will definitely dig more or as preliminarily as best we can with the lack of tape, uh, based on no fall season, into the 2023 class. Um, we will, whether it's next week or uh, some week there shortly thereafter. Uh, do our first mailbag episode please if you have any questions and have not already done so tweet at us uh, on our Twitter account or you can email soundthesirenpod at gmail.com also coming up in addition to a mailbag episode we will be digging into all things hoops both the men's and women's programs um, Ah. which will be uh, some points of of, of significant pain based on results uh, but we will give more insight and depth in that Um, But thank you, as always, for listening. DP, go
5: ahead. I I just have one thing to say. Uh, We know the coaches are listening. Shout out to Jimmy Lake. Jimmy, please remember your introductory press conference. I know you said we're going to play the talent and we're going to attack and be aggressive. So let's see it. All right. Well, again, thanks,
1: everybody, for taking the time to listen to what's been a longer episode for us. Uh, As always, we appreciate it. Thanks. Go, dogs. Have a great evening. Be well. Go, dogs.
2: Bow down.